Hello, you're very welcome along to LOI Weekly at Season 3, Episode 27. It's Dan here in the chair this week for an association with their sport and independent.ie. You can find us a podcast for public, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple, Apple Podcasts and uh, at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And I've got Johnny here with me. Johnny McDonald, though. That's it. So where's where's Johnny Ward? Johnny, come in. You're on holidays again. Where are you? Where are you this time, son? How are you, lads? Just... just uh calling in from uh, Inchidani Beach in southwest Cork just looking at about 25 people about to go out uh, surfing on the beach here very idyllic uh, part of the world and looking forward to seeing a bit more of the coast uh, next couple of days and then back to Dublin uh, for a bit of work at the weekend Dan you're just discovering Ireland John yeah discovering Ireland and uh you know, discovering myself and all that, but uh, it's uh, an under underappreciated uh, country that we have. In fairness, when you travel around it, we've some amazing spots. Yeah, keeping the the, the well earned money in the inside the country, Johnny. Yeah, keeping the economy yeah, going. Reinvesting, you know, John. You know, we have to uh, with Brexit and all that. We have to we have to look within and uh, discover what we have here. But uh, the country is uh, just judging by the last few days, there's no shortage of cash in this country, I and mean, an awful lot of people on holidays. Did you bring the helicopter or did you take the train? No, I got a lend of my mate's 1985G camper van, and uh, it's been first time I've ever gone camping. Yeah, great fun. Um, so you you just park up beside a hotel and then kind of Plug in. let on that you're in the hotel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get, get to win and ask for Wi-Fi. <laughs> What's yeah, the Wi-Fi? Yeah. 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 How many times no have you got lost, Johnny? Since you, <laughs> uh, you should try this. This camper van is a. Uh, is a, is a, is a piece of work now. It's uh, if it gets to sixty miles an hour on the motorway, you're doing very well. But uh, for some reason, oh. I'm imagining Otto from The Simpsons driving it. But yeah. uh, but is it just the two of you, John? Is it just a romantic getaway, yeah. or is is there a, is there a sort of a bohemian group of you traveling around the country together? No, I. Um, it's just the two of us. We're, we're trying to. We're kind of stopping off to meet uh, friends along the way. And um, actually, the mate I stayed with on uh, Monday texted me to say he was having coffee opposite John Caulfield a few hours later down in Cork so um, it's not a good he, thing or a bad thing um, <laughs> bad thing I for don't Johnny know, looked, apparently JC was very busy on the phone anyway he looks like he could be doing a bit of wheel and dealing oh, so it'll be interesting right. to see where he's back in the game soon so there's no sat nav on your, on your is it a Volkswagen Johnny or something like that there's no sat nav on it it's a Ford, yeah. It's it's doing a lot of things like that. As I'm not actually driving, so I'm not. I'm just a little bit worried that. It's so you're navigating. Through. So you're in serious trouble, Johnny. <laughs> I'm navigating. Yeah, I'm navigating. Mm, okay, well, Johnny, before you went away, did, did you get in some cup action over the weekend? I saw you were extolling the virtues of bows and shells, and then, and then the the virtues of being able to have a point at Collins Town and Galway as well. Yeah, it was at the game Friday, obviously, and. Um, you know, uh, subsequent to the game, there's been a lot of chat. Oh, it's a shame that this wasn't on RTE. And funnily enough, at halftime, I was in my head, I'm glad this game wasn't televised because it was pretty poor the first half. Shells were very deep. There was a great atmosphere. Shells fans behind the goal with flares and all that. And the Bose fans in great voice. Uh, but the, honestly, honestly, the, the last half an hour, the second half in general, it's like as memorable a cup game as I can remember. And uh, everything, you could, everything was there. You know, the fact that uh, Conan Byrne missed a great chance was taken off 
uh, replaced by Kildoff, who scored straight away. Absolute screamer from Farrell. James Cabia, who played very well, getting sent off for the technicality of kind of staying the wrong side of the pitch while his shin pads were off him. Um, then in the middle of that, a disgraceful tackle by Danny Mandrew that it did look bad on the night. Um, watching the replay, much, much worse. And um, that was probably the main kind of decision of the game. Rob Harvey obviously got that wrong. Then the sending off shells, like they just kind of got a little bit vulnerable. And Bowles, who had been pummeling them second half, um, you know, eventually got the reward. I suppose two things. First of all, Danny Mandrew mentally needs to get his head sorted, like because he can't be wound up and do tackles like that in a game. They probably would have lost. I thought in the game itself he was outstanding. He used the ball really well. When the option wasn't on, he was clever. He, he didn't, you know, push the agenda and eventually got his reward with a couple of goals. Was the second thing. Interesting to, to to see what you think on this, lads. The fact that the FEI Cup has been, you know. Um, denigrated to the fact that there are no replays. You know, Talca Park would have been absolutely heaving for a replay of this game on Tuesday night, which could have. I, I don't know, John. Though we, we've complained about fixtures like mad here, so well, if we start throwing in more, re- I actually think to be fair that the the concept of having no replays at the early rounds of the competition was sensible. Now it's a sense. It's, yeah. it's, it's like it's like a sensible response to putting out a fire. You know, it's like that's well done. But I do think that throwing in replays, it's great for both shells. But let's just say I don't know, pick a game. The weekend, yeah, I don't know. Let's say always. Derry, let's say Derry Wexford had finished nil all, and then Derry have mm-hmm. to travel into Wexford on a Tuesday night, and then they're they're back to play a league game on Friday. We'd be going mad over it. So to be fair, I I, I couldn't criticise them over that. That's a that's a very isolated example. But Johnny, just just you mentioned yeah. the Shells fans there, the big big crowd in Daly Mount, yeah. Yeah, like the, the absolutely full behind the goal. And now, granted, there should be a big crowd of Shells fans for a game like that in a ground that they'll soon be actually living in. But they, you know, their home crowds have been excellent of late. And um, one thing you got to say about them, Johnny, they were so well coached on the night. They did everything properly. They they were nil all, holding on, looked like they could hit them on the break. Bowes looking back on it, like they were very, very vulnerable for the two goals. They left huge gaps um, in the middle of the pitch, and Shells were able to exploit that. And I'd written my match report saying that you know former Gypsy Ian Morris had like masterminded this counter-attack and um, masterclass and obviously five minutes later everything had changed but I think going forward considering Shells like they rested a few players obviously Kilduff came off the bench I think they'll be delighted they look completely ready for the Premier Division if they can't get there that's the point it was going to come to Johnny I think they're getting ready for the Premier Division and I think they'll just bring so much to, to, to the Premier Division People will say, yeah, another Dublin team, but the crowds that Shells will generate, they've been out of the Premier Division for so long now, and I just think it's going to, I think they're just going to bring loads of energy yeah, to it. Yeah, well, I suppose, I mean, if it looks like very likely at the moment that they will replace UCD, so with all due respect to UCD, Shells will bring more from the crowd's side of things. And maybe it is a case that the club has been, like, they were obviously back in recent memory, and it was only a cameo visit almost, but maybe, maybe they're, they're, there's that sort of renewed sense of uh, purpose about the club again and they might make more of an impact this time around, you know? Definitely, Dan. And, um, you know, the, the thing about too many Dublin teams is is, is crap because the, the population is there to sustain it. Like, roughly a third of the population in the Republic live in Dublin, and that's consistent enough with the amount of teams. And Shells have, as you, as you say, John, they've been gone away for so long. But just getting back to that point about the FEI Cup, I remember days when, like, cup replays, first round, second round replays, the place be absolutely hopping. That doesn't happen anymore. But I think if there's a bit of energy put into the competition, a proper drive by the sponsors, and um, with, the, with the, you know, the finality of playing 
winning the Viva Stadium and getting a place in Europe if you win the cup, it has an awful lot going for it. And that game, like I was absolutely buzzing coming out of that game last night. It really made me remember what the cup used to be. Um, and then obviously you contrast it to Pats and Bray. There seemed to be nobody at that game. And obviously the, the early rounds have kind of they've definitely gone down in terms of um, quality and interest. But that was that was fantastic Friday night. And, and it, then Sunday, John, how did you feel leaving the ground on Sunday? Yeah, like that was at Probably least goal. Probably a bit steamed, I'd say. But aside from that, he likes a point of Guinness up on home farm. That's he where does. He was. He yeah, yeah. I was, I was very disappointed, John. I, 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 I took your word uh, from it the last time I was there for the Cork City Raved home farm. As good a game, as good a point of Guinness as I've, I've had in Dublin. Um, but I didn't have a point. I was actually working at the game on Sunday, so I, I scarpered afterwards and wanted to get the end of the, the guy in Crow Park. And um, there weren't many in, in, in Crow Park. There certainly weren't many in Whitehall. Maybe a hundred fans. Um, Go United first win since May. First relevant game in a long, long time. Sets up a home game against Cork City. We weren't great by any means, but at least we got the job done. But that point I did make on Twitter. It was just lovely to see fans with uh, being able to watch the game, uh, have a beer during the game, bring a bit of money to the local uh, home farm club and all that and uh, granted there are only 100 people there but I, I don't see why this can't be a regular thing at football games and the pitch is, is in great condition up there John oh. yeah Unbelievable, John. It was. I used to live beside uh, Whitehall in college, and um, I used to actually do laps of the the little gap pitch beside it. But that was my kind of old haunt, and it was lovely to be back there. It's such a quaint little ground, lovely little stand, um, and you know, granted the qual- there wasn't an awful lot of quality, but good to see from a Galway United perspective. Connor Barry, who's had a really poor season by his standards with injury and so forth, got a couple of goals, and I honestly think Dan Cork City will be there for the taking this season. They nearly lost to Cabinteely, but we just don't look capable. Doing it. Mm. Okay, just finally, John, give us before you go. What, what? Give us your European hot take. Then go on. What, what, what's your verdict? Did you see the dark game last night? Did you hook it up on the van somehow, or what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> did you take the van? Did you take the van overseas to hook into it on a VPN uh, stream? <laughs> yeah. You already allowed the window, Johnny. Had you? <laughs> that, that's it. I did everything legally on this one. To be fair, but. Um, no, I watched the game. Um, I can't can't say much about it, really. I, th- I was very disappointed. I thought... Do you still you think know, Bratislava are a bunch of cowboys, as you described them last they're, week? They were absolutely there for the taking. Are and they a bunch just, of cowboys? They were a bunch of cowboys. Look at the freeze they were giving me. Chris Sheets <laughs> fouled about six times. They never actually did enough to show that this team was very beatable. They only showed it kind of in, in patches in the game because they'd given away sloppy goals. I thought Dundalk were way too open in the first half. It was like as if they were gung-ho to get a goal when like, I would have been just relax, 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 stay at nil all. Like Every time they gave the ball away, they looked like they could concede. Granted, they, they really put an awful shift in. I thought they were excellent. Felt sorry for Huben to miss the penalty. Not sure it would have made an awful lot of difference, but they were rattled at that stage. But I have to say, I don't know what you lads think, but I thought it was a fairly sort of anticlimactic end to the whole European. Yeah, well, we're going to get on to it after you leave, John, because we have to let you go. We've got Stephen Rice coming in now. But um, what's on the agenda for the next couple of days then? Where else is on your... I see you went to see... You went to Bale and the Blah. You're sort of... You've you found your nationalism again after deciding that it was a it was a dated concept. I met I met a certain Mr. Caban at the game last night who couldn't believe you were posting pictures of yourself at... At, you know, at Michael Collins, the place of Michael Collins' death and what this would have done for the country when a couple of months back you were saying nationalism, the whole concept of nationalism is dead. Declan Rice, what's the point? I think you're putting words into my... No, 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 I'm not putting words into your mouth. Um, I'm obviously Caban's very... Point. 
Michael Collins would be uh, one of my uh, my heroes in history, and it was mad being there because uh, like every couple of seconds, people were just turning up in cars, and um, so obviously it still resonates. But uh, yeah, I went to see his where he was born as well, and oh. very uh, beautiful part of the world. You could see why he fell in love with the country. But unfortunately, this country doesn't have a team uh, in in the uh, Europa League or Champions League group stages. But at least Linfield are still. What he would have wanted as well, I suppose. Uh, yeah, carrying the flag for the country. But uh, enjoy the rest of the show, lads. Anyway, sure, and uh, I'll be back next week. Enjoy, Johnny. Cheers, Johnny. Take care. Stay between the ditches, John. Thanks, John. Yeah, so we look forward to having Johnny back next week. Now, Stephen Rice has joined us, but before that, we're going to hear some audio from Vinnie Perth after Dundalk's defeat to Bratislava last night. Yes, Europe has got a lot harder than it was. Um, it was three rounds, is now four. To be fair, we do have the... The champions route, which means losing a game, gives you another opportunity. But it was three, now it's four, so it is more difficult to get there. But um, I want us to chase that. I want us as a club, um, to be fair to the owners of our club, they 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 backed us in, in chasing that. We want we want to be people to be uh, chasing European football at the highest level, whether it's playoffs or or, or group stages. So, as I said to you. Um, it's been a, it's been a diff, it's a difficult like I don't know what Riga's result today um, or this week but you know Riga was meant to be an easy tie for us. You need a little bit of luck in the draw in Europe, you really do. And um, even to be fair to Slovan, they've they've got a tough draw now. Like it's it's so you see how difficult it is. So a bit of luck in the draw and um, yes, it's it's definitely improved at the highest level of European football. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely has. I felt the preparation coming into this tie, we were ready for it. Um, I think uh, Irish sides over the years have always struggled against pace and power. I think them days are starting to drift. We're getting closer to where we should be in the physical mindset. Um, I think now the next stage for us is to improve the mental mindset and, and compete at this level. And uh, that's the challenge for us as, as coaching staff. And that's what we'll focus on in our club. Um, I felt coming into the toy, the one thing we've done in the club is improved the club defensively. And that's almost been thrown as a criticism of the, of the staff. We had a couple of lapses there in the first half. That is very uncharacteristic of, of us. But um, I think our attack and play has to be better. Um, and I think we have to be a bit more clinical at this level. So we should have scored away from home in this toy for argument's sake, which wouldn't have changed tonight. So, um, or certainly put in more positive. So, um, we're up in a, a high level and it's difficult and you've got to be, you know, Irish clubs will have to go to the well to get results at this level for the next couple of years, but um, ultimately that's where we're disappointed in. I'm not going to make excuses, but the, the attacking side of our club or the central part of our club has has struggled this year because of obvious, obvious um, difficulties we've had. And... I, don't, I thought in the last two games we had a much better balance about us in terms of the midfield, which helped us create more chances. So I think in, in both legs we've created enough chances and we just haven't been clinical enough. Uh, Stephen Rice, you're very welcome. You found us. You've had, you've had a little bit of a tour around the, uh, the, the, the offices of, uh, of Air Sport here. Where did you end up, exactly? Ended up in the Satanta Sports Kitchen. In the Satanta Sports Kitchen. The Air Sports Kitchen now is the I'm official, sorry. The, sorry the, the official title. <laughs> and, Don't uh, worry, you won't find nothing in there. There's, no, there's never anything there. <laughs> you can even get a cup of tea out there. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
you've, you've come to join us anyway. What? Uh, how are you keeping? You yeah, know? not too bad. Busy away, you know, busy. Um, obviously with, with Shamrock Rovers and with the FAI, so we're keeping well in general. Yeah. So for people who aren't aware with what you're doing now, like what is your what what are you up to at the moment? What is it, what's your uh, responsibilities? I'm a development officer with the Football Association and, and, and also assisting in the delivery of coach education there. Um, and then with Shamrock Rovers, I'm the under 19 head coach um, and involved in between that. Then obviously, I'm participating on the current pro license, mm. um, which is happening as well. So, uh, very, very busy, um, but enjoyable because it's football. Mm. Lads, we, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about what Stephen's up to and a few general topics. But we are speaking today uh, on Wednesday morning after the Dundalk were knocked out of Europe last night, thus ending the Irish run in Europe this year and uh, we're speaking a small bit off air um, Johnny like we, and, and Stephen you've both been involved in, in big European successes over the years and like, I don't know how you assess this year in Europe for our clubs because I would look at it and say maybe with the exception of Cork all the teams went out to sides that on resources etc etc you would expect them to lose to however I think maybe particularly with Dundalk, I think, as our champions, as our flagship team, there's maybe a small bit of disappointment in terms of how they performed. So, I don't know, 4-1 to Bratislava over two legs, six games in Europe, three draws, three losses. How do you think they'll reflect on their year, Johnny? I think, you know, generally the team's done well. Rovers done well in Europe, you know, and the result last night, 4-1, probably sounds a lot, but it's a fact it's 4-1. Over the two legs, Over the two legs, it's a big result. I think with Vinny coming in as a new coach, things have to change a little bit. Uh, the experience that the Dundalk players would have had down through, down through the, the years and the last few seasons would have stood to them. But they've new players in as well. But as, as we spoke off here, Dan, against, when you get to the next level, you know, to the next stage of Champions League or Europa League, you're just coming up against better quality. And as we said, everything has to be in sync. Everything to be, has to be It needs right. to be perfect. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to have your plan, your plan A, your plan B. And, you know, everything has to go for you. And even down to the, the side of the draw, and we, we can mm. talk about that later, but everything has to go right. And you've got to get a tiny little bit of luck as well. But to get to the group stages of Champions League or Europa League is a huge, huge, mm. huge task. Yeah, because, I mean, I suppose partisan Belgrade is like the, the standout memory from Rovers in terms of a two-leg execution of the tie. And you had difficult moments across those two legs, but Stephen, but you... You also struck when you when you had the chance. You were clinical. You, you executed the plan. Yeah, and look, it's it's obviously it's you need a bit of luck. Let's yeah. go. You know that night in Partizan in Belgrade, we were very lucky in the first half of the game not to be over. And mm. um, Ryan Thompson pulled off some great saves. But as you said, I think when the chances came, we took them. And I think Slovan last night similar. The clinical being clinical at that level is everything because you might only get one or two chances in a game. Um, and on that night in Belgrade. The, two chances we had we took and Sully's goal wasn't even a chance really mm. it was just something extraordinary and it just turned, it turned the mood in the stadium I was there it was almost like that that setback just partisan all of a sudden were like oh no this wasn't in the plan it was just after half time as well and they they were rattled you it could changed the mindset of everything even yeah. us you but know because yeah. we were kind of thinking like hold on to this keep at 1-0 and see can we stay in it and once we scored they were rattled the crowd were rattled everything it changes the mindset but I think the, taking the goal and scoring um, when when the chances arise, which is not as Johnny says in all, in Europe, it's not that often. Mm. So when them chances come, you have to be clinical, um, and if you don't, they will punish you. But you also have to have that belief because, you know, 
you're there on merit. You're there on the same level as this group coming in that you're playing. And you've got to instill that belief into your players that you're not there. You didn't get there through luck. You got there because you qualified and you're starting off at the same level as this team. And you've got to instill that belief. Mm. And when something happens like that, Stephen, mm. that fantastic, you go, wow, mm. we're, we're as good as these. And that belief comes out in the team and it gives you, gives you lots of confidence. But again, the planning and all that has to come into place as well. But look, you know, I think Rovers, as I said, were unlucky. Rovers played with great confidence in all their four European games. Yeah. Maybe the first half in Cyprus, they had a, they had a tough time. But otherwise, goals. they were, you know, and even the first half in Norway, yeah. they were, but they, they finished all their games and well. They, you know, and, you know they, they were unlucky not to get onto the next stage. But look, that's a learning core for everyone at Rovers mm. as well. Mm. You know, that's the next level. That's the standard. You don't get away with maybe a sloppy pass or giving them trying to keep good positive possession around the pitch be patient we spoke about being patient and all that will stand the Rovers going forward over, over the next year or so with the, with Dundalk yeah I think this season will, will definitely help them but you know they're all gone now with, mm. with the exceptions you know Linfield are still in, in you've been to see Linfield I've seen them and I watched them a, a couple of weeks back against Habe uh, Faroes team obviously went up to meet some of the lads from the Faroes that we would have worked with but Linfield were lucky enough to get through the toy, but he got a little bit of luck and he got luck in the draw as well. Mm. And I looked at them and I said, looking at Linfield, I said, Dundalk would definitely beat Linfield. Rovers mm. would definitely beat Linfield. But they've got through financially big, big money for Linfield to get through as well. And, you know, people outside will look and go, well, the, the Northern teams got through. The Northern team got through and the Southern teams didn't get through, and, you know, from yeah. the, the League of Ireland. And th- they'll be looking at that and saying, well, is the North League better or not? Yeah, I, I don't think people... Yeah, I think that would be probably getting carried away. But it's, it's possible people will look at it and, and wonder. You know, but the draw was, was kind enough to Linfield, it must be said. But, it, but at the same time, Linfield, if anyone listening from there, they would say, well, hang on, the team from Montenegro, they beat Nochtslov and Bratislava yes, at the, the Champions yeah. League. Um, the, the Bratislava conceded 90th minute of both of those games and their manager got sacked and all of a sudden they seem to have got going again. But these are the... Yeah. The, the funny but old the, margins of it you know? but again as Stephen said you've got to take your chances when when you come along but you're right that team did knock Slovan Bratislava out and then Slovan go and beat Dundalk 4-1 so people just go off facts as well mm. but uh, look I, I was up there as I said watched them and uh, obviously Pat Fenland is, 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 is doing his bit of work up there as well done a brilliant job to the to the to Windsor from yeah. what I've seen Bastian Harry involved as he well he played very well on the night now I have to say it's a quality addition for that type but, of but just, competition but just, but just for the yeah he would lots of time lovely on the ball built everything through midfield for 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 the, for the Linfield but for you know but just for us down here for the Dundalks the Rovers the Corks whoever's in Europe Pats uh, but getting through you know the perception of your club your team the profile it gives the profile it gives to the club the, the managers the coaches the players but just from Stevens an up and coming young coach it, it pitch your wits against. You know, you're not playing against UCD or Finn Harps or Pats mm. every week. So you're, you're, it's not only for the players, but as a coach, you're pitting your wits against, you know, coaches around Europe as well. And it gives you that belief to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here as well, I'm merit. But mm. So it's good all around for, for not only for the players, supporters, but from the coaching side, the coach education side. And that's important for us here. Um, Stephen, I'm obviously conscious that you're, you're involved with Shamrock Rovers here, but... There's obviously a debate about the European performance and the importance of the European results at the moment. And uh, like the Dock and Shamrock Rovers are going to be in Europe next year. They're probably going to be in Europe for the next couple of years, you would think. You know, um, 
and, and basically, the, I mean, how important is it that they do well? Or I saw a bit of discussion this morning, you know, online and stuff. Is it more important that the whole league collectively rises, or should we like should we be sitting down after Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers' results, or particularly Dundalk who haven't maybe done as well as they would have wanted, and and think what does this say about the league, or should we be focusing on the collective? You know, this is the like a lot of people wouldn't care that Dundalk went there last night. Ultimately, other clubs would say, well, hang on, what what is their success doing for us? So are you saying so the financial gains by Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers or wherever else should filter so that money should filter? Well, well that's a, well that's a discussion point that's been raised because what 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 good is their success if the teams along the line aren't improving and it's a sort of a chicken egg thing in a way because they need higher game, but, opposition week to week but it's not to the be same, ready for European football. But as it's well. not the same everywhere. Like the top, they talk about the Premiership. There's top six teams, the middle and the mm. bottom. Mm. So it, I think if you go to Bratislava, if you go to Greece, there's if you a lot go, of one team leagues around. Yeah, Europe. and there's two mm. or three, and and I think it's the same all around. But unfortunately, like you've got to give Dundalk so much credit, for, you know. When Stephen Kenny came in there, they were started from scratch. They built this up. They didn't get a load of money in from from a benefactor mm. or whatever. So, you know, you've got to give them lots of you know lots of credit for that. You know, and if they're the ones that qualify, unfortunately, the money follows Stan. Mm. You know, so why we talk about shells? Why can't shells do it over the next few years? Why can't Bowes do it over the next few years? And again, you can only do what you can. You can only win your league. You can only qualify for Europe, and you can only go as far as you can go. Sometimes. That's it. Maybe the better look if you can get into the Europe, the qualifiers. Mm. That's fantastic. That's. But the, what what can you do, Dan? Do you mm. do you say, well, we've done all the work here. We've earned, you know, five million over over the over the European stage. So does ten percent that, that go back to? Oh, I think it's a hard. League? It's a hard to argue for a commercial operation. Yeah. Like it's not a charity. But no. I mean, that, that, mm. that that's the, the view you, that would be do taken. You, do you pump that? Do you say like Slovan Bratislava probably had players from all over Europe? You know, they could have players mm, from whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying... The, Two million the, euro striker in their team. Yeah. So so do we... Is, is that what we do Slovenia. here? Yeah, yeah. Do you say, well, okay, we, we start investing our money into the players and bringing players in from outside of the country? Why, why now, Dan, is that question coming on as I'd ask? Why now? Mm. You know, why Why are we saying now at this point, well, you know, when Shells are successful, Pats are successful, and your Rovers are now done that, well, we should divvy the money out. Like, why is it... I think it's probably because when, when you played towards the end of the time when you were playing... Um, and when you were managing at Pats, unfortunately, we had a situation where the, <coughs> the league winners was changing every couple of years because clubs were going for a, through a boom and bust cycle. Like I remember, it was a talking point that one of the strengths of the league is that there's a different, there's been X amount of different league winners in a decade, like seven league winners or six in a decade. But that's because, unfortunately, shells, Drada, Bows, to varying degrees, had gone bust. You know, so now what we have now is Dundalk potentially going for a fifth. You would say they're probably going to win a fifth league title in but, six seasons. And Rovers have qualified, I think, for Europe probably the last five mm. seasons. So there's actually probably a, a degree of stability about those clubs that maybe in those times wasn't there. And all of a sudden, people don't see how they how they claw that gap back. But what happens is, Dan, like, so if you have a player at Shamrock Rovers or Dundalk or whatever, and they're potentially going to play somewhere else, they'll go to England or they'll go mm. somewhere else. So then... Dundalk or Rovers, however it is at the time, just because they're the two teams we're talking about, they just pick up the other players that are in the league and they take the next best players coming through, whether they're established players or younger players coming through. And that's unfortunately, that's just the business of, of football. That's the way mm. it is. Now, you know, as I said, they lose the players. They'll go to England and they'll make money out of the players going to England. So that's extra money coming in for them as well. So it's about winning, Dan. It's about winning your league and about qualifying for Europe and 
that the money follows you. It just that's just the way the business is. But I guess the question is, are the games that Dundalk and Rovers getting week to week, if they are dominant enough domestically, is it preparing them for Europe? No. I don't I don't think so. I think the, the games are not probably you look at the European games and we would as Shamrock would dominate a lot of the games Dundalk dominate mm. a lot of the games in Europe it's totally different and the, the quality goes up I think two or three notches in Europe in terms of the, the tactically and technically the players they're understanding the coaches it's a different level so there is a balance in what you're saying I understand the league needs to become stronger to challenge Rovers and Dundalk absolutely but I think there's an element of responsibility on the clubs to really try like I think Johnny made a great point when Stephen went into Dundalk they were on the, probably on their knees at that rock mm. bottom they didn't have a massive investment but what they done is they put a manager in place and, and Stephen then put a structure and start recruiting players that were already around the league that probably weren't being, you know the top, considered the top players mm. got them together as a team and now they've got to that success are they going to want to turn around or ourselves as you're qualifying for Europe for the last four or five years go oh, okay well we've got to this point now let's well let's you know, throw certain money here, money here and here. I, I wouldn't totally agree with it, but I do see your, your point in that mm. the league needs to be stronger. But I think that's got to come probably from the clubs themselves. And, and I mean, listen, there's obviously a broader point about investment and, and mm. the authorities and where we go. But I mean, but do we think, for, I, I think Rovers, as we said, we've acknowledged, I think they did well in Europe this year. Do we think the Dock have actually played to their potential in Europe this year? I think of what they have. I think, I really do, Dan. I think they're, they're where they're at. And that's the point I made earlier on. You'll go so far unless as you said everything just falls into place you get that bit of luck and uh, everything is perfect I think they've got to where where they're at and I, I, if I was you know Vinny they had a chance to get through but I wouldn't be over disappointed of, 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 of them you know what happened against Slovan I, I think they learned from it but they could have got through, but I think they're at, they're where they're at yeah they were, I don't know if you saw the game last night no, Stephen, I didn't, no but no. they were I mean they were surprisingly open at, at points in the first half. And I wonder, is this one of these things that teams expose you in a way that they, they that you wouldn't be exposed domestically? Like we say they looked open because Slovan picked, like the first goal was a classic counter with like a you know really high quality attack and play. The second goal was just a mistake. It was, it was a mix-up at the back. It happens. But is it a case that you're just tested in a way that you're not? Like the things happen that half a second quicker, uh, uh, or a is, second quicker. Is the mistake, as you say... Or did they go too cavalier? Yeah, yeah but, but... This is the a debate about if last they're not, night. If they're not used to playing that way, Dan, mm. as well. But is the mistake... You know, sometimes say it was just a mistake. But does that mistake come from being forced, being put under pressure? You know, the other team just being on an extra mm. level of pressurising the team, you know, closing teams down. So... It, the detail of small of things where you go was just a mistake. Sometimes the detail of that is is beyond our, you know, the build up to what happened. But look, you know, if it, it, you know, if that's the way they played last night, that was the plan. That was mm. the, way, the, the way they played. But I think Dundalk attacking every Friday in the League of Ireland in terms of their balance and attack and how they attack is going to be. It's a different level. It, you're attacking against a lower Premier Division side or even a mid Premier. And and you lose possession in in that in their final toward more often than not you probably back. won't get killed mm. you you'll pro you you know in terms of your balance it you'll probably get away with it um but at that level as you said they looked open were they open or is that how Dundalk play and yeah. but the opposition exposed them more than what 
probably teams. They had the full, like they had the full backs pressed on, and you know they, they had to go for it. I don't think it, it, it was just that it was exposed. I mean, they're playing Finn Harps at home on Friday. If they give a ball away in their own half on Friday, it's very unlikely three passes later they're going to be picking the ball out of the net. You know, with a Bra- with a Brazilian or a guy nodding in across a, a two million euro striker for Slovenia, but. I think they have these. I think they probably have higher standards themselves. I think they know themselves too that they 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 can probably operate at a higher level than what they did. I mean, like, no, no, yeah. any, team can, any team that concedes a goal would always say it's preventable. You know, yeah, of course, you never concede degree. a good goal. You never you know, turn around and go, well, you know, we've conceded a good goal. There's always things you can improve on, and there's a reason why you've conceded. Mm. But I I think when we're talking about Dundalk and and how they've gone, I think to note what, and what you've said about. The, no, the number of internationals at the likes of last night, you know, the from externally from that country, mm. you look at someone like Rosenberg as well, those type, we're walking, and Dundalk are walking, predominantly with Irish players. 100% almost, you know? yeah, yeah. So that's something probably we have to look at as well. Like Obviously with the underage national leagues are, are giving our young players a chance and, and we're bringing more players through. But is to go to that very next level and, and consistently qualify. I think somebody's got to crack it and qualify for the Europa League group stages twice in a row. You know, to really crack it and to stay there financially, but allowing you probably to bring in that one. That well, how hard is that, Johnny? As a manager, how hard is that to... Because I'm sure you, during your time, you would have probably had... Particularly at Pats, you would have players from outside probably offered to you, or you know, they'd come across your radar. The Doc have tried it, like with Adarjan last year, he was quite good. The the Marco Tagbajami probably wasn't, and yet he'd played at a good level, but he just maybe just wasn't wasn't up to it. Robbers have tried it with some players. I mean, it's it's it depends on it can be a mixed bag. It, it depends on the like you get offered players all the time when you, you know when you're you're up there and you're in Europe, you know people would 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 know that and but. You need to bring the players in to fit into what you're doing, Dan. You don't just say, well, we're taking a player mm. in from Belgium because he's from Belgium. Mm. We need to bring someone in that fits into what way we're trying to play. They fit into the system of play. And sometimes you, you look and say, well, this fella's been there, 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 there. He's been around six or seven countries and you're going, there's a reason for it. Maybe the young player, you might get a young player on loan. That type of system mm. might work where you're not bringing them in and, and paying them big money. But, you know, there has to be a way of doing it. And I think... The point about bringing players from outside, you know, the PFAI then be saying, oh, sure, we're losing player fellas are not getting... P-. That's well, business. Brian Kerr said last week that the league is very beige at the moment. Mm. That was his description on the basis of that. It's, it's a very sort of... There's a few beiges now. He didn't go into a particular shade. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, his point is it's a bit samey, I guess, yeah. to a degree, that it maybe it needs that freshness. Well, the likes of Eerie coming in down to Limerick there and he's on he's up to Limfia now. He's a mm. bit of spark. I mean, mm. nice player and all. Look, it's up to the clubs. It's down to them as a, as a, as a business. You know, as, as Stephen said, they've got to do. Clubs have got to do things themselves with, with help from the association. And I think with Europe, I think the the association should always try and help the clubs. Mm. And I know calling off games and all that stuff, but but you know, we're talking fixture congestion, and you know, we know it's probably going to get in, but maybe get them clubs to play early on in the season against one another mm. and freeze up. But that's another day's work. But, you know, helping them along the way, giving them whatever mm. assistance they need, saying, look, here's Abbottstown, use all their video analysis stuff that you need, whatever technical stuff that you want. Here's the, you know, give them as much chance to qualify as possible. And I think that, that can be a help as well. I, I know that's another another aspect to it, but uh, look, it's it's down to the clubs. It's 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 down to the clubs than to them themselves as an enterprise or as a, a business to try and, and move on and is 
bringing players into the outside? Is it bringing young players through from the the the, the underage structures? I don't know. Do we, we we always talk about let's look at Scandinavia and stuff like that? Maybe we should look out elsewhere and see how how other how other countries deal mm. with that. And, you know, but but we need to have our own identity. We don't have the perception of Ireland is it's not a professional league, Dan. And unfortunately, that's the perception of, of, of Ireland until someone qualifies, Rovers, Dundalk qualify. But the point that Stephen has made is very important that we consistently can do that. Mm. And that's how we do it. When we do it, with what, with what methods or ways that we do it. It's a hard one to call. I think you have to be realistic as well. Mm. Like, well I'm, I'm not saying now every, like every club in the League of Ireland should look at for the realism is it's Dundalk and Rovers at the mm. moment who could potentially do it. But qualifying for Europe, as, as Johnny said, the perception of the league externally from play, from top players will be maybe it's not a full-time or professional league. It's only probably Dundalk or Rovers that could add that one or two, like the boy, the lads at Dundalk last year that you spoke about, um, that really could come in and add that little bit of quality. And you're saying, what can take you to the next level? Yeah. What could have took you that? One percent last night for Dundalk, or even for us. And is it that little that 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 player externally that you might bring in? You know, that, that's the it's question. a gamble though as well, isn't it? It's because it's a a, generally you're gonna it's going to be an expensive gamble. You have to relocate. You, They're probably not going to come for a one year contract in in some cases mm. because our contracts can be a bit well, with the, with the time with the summer season. There's obviously if you're looking for someone who is England as an alternative, like there's a few, there's a few complications. With which, that. which is why there's only probably Dundalk and Rovers that can do that mm. right now at this moment in time. And that's as I said, and why it has to be. It's so key that that European qualification is consistent. But I suppose the recruitment and the scouting network has to be right to make sure that this player is right. But he could also be the one. He could be that one too. And he could be the one that brings on the next one. The next one. Cause you're right, Dan. About the, you start with budgets and you go. This is the budget. This is what we need to work with. Yet we'll get to Europe, you work out your budget there. So now you've added, so you know, you're building a team, you build a team, and then you build a good team, then you build a very good team. And the same with players, you get good players in, mm. then you're getting really good players, then you're getting excellent players, and then you go to the next level. Mm. So, how many international players have you got in your team? Whether they're under 21 international, under 19 international players, you know, so you're looking for the elitism all the time to, to bring into your, into, your, into your team, and you know, whether they're home based. And or whether they're players from outside, and the recruitment's important, you know. And there's lots of agents and all that stuff. So if you can get in with someone that might believe in what you're trying to do with your club, an agent, he might be able to put a couple of players in your direction. They might be obviously top quality, but they might be the players on the on the way up. And two or three of them players coming in into your group and into what you're trying to do and into your club, it it, it can definitely you know lift and and that might be the consistency of it. Because mm. Europe is the market, and when we play them, we always look at them, and you go and see, them, and what are they doing, and what you look at the squad. You, always, you the first thing that always comes up is budgets, isn't it? Yeah. Well, their budget is X, and their budget is Y, and we're always way behind. So we are are more than likely always punching above our weight. But what are they doing? That's yeah. as a coach, isn't? What are they doing? There? Why are they having success? It's just this. Obviously, the problem is it's a massive gamble for an Irish club <clears> still to push out their budget even more when they are ultimately reliant on European results as their massive, their biggest driver of revenue. They're what not talking about domestic prize money or TV deals or yeah. stuff like that. So ultimately, like you can get a really bad draw and be really unlucky and be gone. Even if you've improved, but, but if you've like you could be ten percent better, but then all of a sudden, yeah, and like well, like for example, like the team from Luxembourg that got in last year, keep going on about them. They were like the Dundalk of last year. They got in, but this year again, 
the draw has been so unbelievably kind to them. They played a team from Estonia last night who Celtic hammered, and now they play a team from Georgia or Albania to get back into the group stages. Mm. Like that's they didn't have to think about a Pauk or an Ajax mm. or a, even a Carabag who ended up losing the Champions League last night. Mm. So there are variables like Rovers say to Dock, you push out your budget, you, you go, let's 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 bring in these two or three elite players, but then you just end up drawing a team you just you can't beat, and all of a sudden you're you're left with this outlay. And no return. Well, it's you the know, balance. So, like, it's the that's, balance. Uh, but that's why consistency in qualification, and I wouldn't be... You have to keep you, coming back. Well, I think, you know, when Dundalk cracked it in 2016 or when we were in 2011, I think in between that, you know, if you in between those two and that trying to really go for it the second year where you know you've got a bit of financial clout behind you where you, you, you've earned good money in it. But that might be the time. It's not just a case of, right, let's... Because we've, we've been born in the league, haven't we? Yeah. You know, so many clubs now about just going for the golden egg and just what happened, trying to get it what happens then as well Dan and it, it gets very complicated whether it's a bit of luck but you bring a player in and he then he then becomes on a big salary and then you have a huge differential between 100% you know, no, that's, and, and that's so the you, challenge yeah. and you know so you've got to nearly say every year like this is the budget the budget is we get through the fourth round that's all we're going to get mm. now hopefully you're, you're trying to get through the, but, and then, but you build it up over a few years Dan and it's You've got to do it slowly. You can't, as you said, overextend and reach out there and then you don't qualify or you're knocked out in the fourth round and then you're left with three or four players that are on big, mm. big salaries. If they're on them, you've got to be able to pay the players. And if, if you budget right and you get a bit of luck and you get a bit of luck in the draw as well. So it's, it's, it's good point, management. I think, the, I think the point though, Dan, you're looking, what you're saying is, are we disappointed? And you look at Slovan and you look at even SK Brand, who we played at, at Rovers uh, recently, They've all got players from all around Europe. They've all got more internationals. Mm. So we also need to be realistic about where we are in terms of you look across air squads and, and you know, uh, getting, as I said, an element of disappointment last week. That's probably a sign of how far we've come that we're saying we're not getting to the playoff round and we're disappointed. There's none of this stuff like, oh, brave, valiant. I, I don't think that that language that probably would have been there for 20 years ago. Ah, no, no, yeah. It's like, ah, they, they gave it their all, but no, they got no, tired. There. That's the point. Like said, that's that's we're changing. We're on the same level. Yeah. We're mm. there on merit. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. there on merit. Just a, a last point, on the, and I think this is important because, uh, you know, with, with the younger players coming through, and Stevens work with younger players, I think we're giving our younger players overall from this you know I know the 13th league is I think it's it's very young but we're now giving them nearly this professional pathway mm. from you know from maybe 15 14 15 going forward now and I think the be- that that benefit will definitely benefit the league maybe in 5 or 6 or 7 years time because you know you talk about Norway Sweden the, these lads are not professional clubs mm. from a young age where and I'm not saying I'm involved with Bever I'm not saying that these players have not been Coach, you know, come through the system. Lots of players have come through and it has worked. But they're in a system, they're mentally in a, a professional system from, from a 14 or 15 uh, mm. age group. And I think down the road that should help us a little bit. Well, Stephen, as someone who's working as the under 19 manager of Shamrock Rovers now, so you're working at that league, how would you describe the level at that league and how big a jump is it from that to Premier Division level for players now? Uh, the jump is huge. The jump yeah. is very big, you know. I said we've had uh, Thomas Alua make his debut in Europe actually a couple of weeks mm. ago, but I suppose it's not it's 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 that gap between 19 and 17, 18 year olds going in then with first team, and I think even if they were 20, there's still a massive gap to that realism of first team football and and the realism of its results based, you know, um, the in, the intensity of training. It is a big gap, 
and obviously I know it's it's a much talked about subject about missing. I think we would would when I come back, I think we did twenty ones league where you you know you could play three players down when yeah. I come back from England initially. Um, in, in terms of the standard of league. It's. It, I suppose it's mixed to, to, in standard of the underage leagues. It's 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 mixed because you've got um, areas who maybe aren't overloaded with players and don't have a massive selection of players, and they're challenging against maybe the players playing GAA and and soccer at the same time. Um, so the, the, and then in Dublin, then you've got clubs who are you're picking from. I suppose most of the DDSL players are the are what yeah. would have been, and then I suppose the players in Dublin are spread out around those clubs. Um, from our end, what we're trying to do is get to a point where we don't need to recruit with an in-air club from seven and eight. Yeah. And they're, as Johnny says, they're training four times a week and they're in that professional mindset. So, you know, the next year or two, or 14s, 15s, we don't really want to have to recruit anymore. And I think that's the way why the 14s probably went so young, that they're in your club from a very young age. They're training in your mindset, your methods, your ways. Uh, they understand the club and how it operates and what it means to be part of the club. So when they come through at 16, 17, 18, they want to be there. You're not just mm. cherry-picking players, I suppose. It's not a shock to the media, Dan, when, you know, if, if they're mm. in a professional environment, mm. you know, and looking across Europe down through the years, you know, you've lads seventeen's playing nineteen. You've got nineteen year olds playing force teams around Europe, and that, <coughs> excuse me, that should be the plan here. That if if we get the players to that elite level, not not all nineteen year olds playing in the Premier League, but in, in our Premier League, it, but we we should be introducing them and getting them in, and it might take a little bit of time for them to develop. But that it's not a shock to them that they're not just coming out of a DDSL seventeen's team or whatever mm. but they, they, they have that professional mindset that they are professional players and it's not such a big goal for the big jump for them but uh, they all won't come true the problem is there's going to be delayed developers as well Steve not come along but a lot of them will, will, will be spread to other clubs yeah. around the league as well I mean and, and it's hard for you to talk about your current group but it, it's, it's possible that only one, two, three end up playing for Rovers. But if the rest of them have careers elsewhere in the league, you've sort of done your job to a, to a degree. Although it's, I mean, that's the percentages of, of top clubs I, in every league. It's I funny guess, you, you know? mentioned that, Dan, and I'll be brief. And I was over in Liverpool recently, and we're sitting down talking a cup of tea with the coaches over there, the youth coaches. And he was saying, Belva, was it? Yeah, 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 with Belva there. Yeah. And, uh, he was saying he'd let a lad go, say he'd let Stephen Royce go. He's a right side defender, right side wing back, or whatever. And he'd let him go at Liverpool. And uh, because his pathway, not even to the first team, his pathway to the 23s was blocked because there too many of that type of players. So you're right in what you're saying then, Dan. But they were saying they'll get him located somewhere else. You know, But he couldn't get through to Liverpool. And he kept the left side of the fell on because they hadn't as many players. So, mm. you know, it's funny you see like someone like Dean Williams scoring at the weekend. You got Aaron Dobbs scoring for their, for um, Longford last mm. night. I mean, it's it's you know if you, at least if we have the top clubs with a reasonable underage system that those lads will go elsewhere. Maybe if it's not necessarily going to happen for them, but might in one of those. They should cases, be playing the Rovers. Yeah. The Rovers young lads should be off playing with Longford and mm. Athlone playing in the fourth division because it absolutely will stand to them. Are you enjoying it, Stephen? I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 different to, uh, I suppose, working with a force team in that you're developing and I've been in development now for probably six, seven years and working with players from 14s now up to all up to nineteens now I'm at like, you know, and it's 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 moving through the ages as Johnny will know, it's very different. Each age group is very different, but it was great, I suppose, learning from me that 
you know, each year you're making mistakes. And at an underage level, you can make mistakes as a coach. And, mm. you know, it, it's probably the the knock-on effect of that isn't as much. But you can also find your own way, your own playing style and how you do it and how to coach and how to manage as well. So that if you tend to move on at some point, then you, you have that that experience behind you. When, you, when are you moving on? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the next step, though, to, to manage yourself at some stage at a senior level? Is that is that where you see your your own pathway? I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm on the pro license at the moment, and and I you know I wouldn't be taking up the pro license if I, if that wasn't the path that I wanted yeah. to go. Um, as Johnny Johnny's done it himself, it's it's quite intense. There's a lot in it, but it is management is is something I said. Not right now. I'm 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 learning lots now on what I'm doing. Um, whether it be a senior job comes up or, or a, an international underage international job certainly something that you will be looking who's at who's on your course the pro license course uh, we've Robbie's on it obviously Robbie Keane and Keith Andrews is on it Damien Damien Duff is on it um, okay. Dave Rogers is on it keeping us all <laughs> on our toes Roggy um, I saw he was doing commentary last night at the at the game yeah yeah and then you've you've, you've scored really a goal for Shells once I believe did he against Hydrox Split oh, yeah. no, no, no the volley the volley <laughs> Yeah, you've look. You've lots of good lads, so you, you good stories, I guess. Though, do you? Good yeah. share a bit of information or chats or yeah. Well, but there's a great variant of Paddy McCarthy's there. He's from Palace 18s, yeah. and we've we've lads from all walks of life. Jim Brennan in in Canada. You know, there's lots of lads and there's lots of. But that's where you learn the dynamic yeah. of the group is, is. You know, you go on the courses and there's presentations done. But the dynamic of the group is where you, you sit down like this way, we're talking. That, you know, it might not be in the classroom or on, the, but it's afterwards when you're sitting down mm. having a cup of tea or having lunch, mm. and you get and you and you're talking you and you're sharing ideas. Yeah, and I think that dynamic definitely brings the the the, the learning uh, for the coaches. I think that's a, that's a great way of learning. But the way Stephen is doing it as well, like you're working with young players now as well. So, you, if if you do go and work at a senior level. You'll also have to work with younger players, and you'll have that ability to be able to work with younger and senior players. But I think the way the league is going now, with the underage national league and whatever you say about it, it's giving clubs a, a structure. It's giving clubs more of a structure, and you'll see, I suppose, more players coming through. The league is going to become even younger, I think, because of the nature of the financial side of it. That mm. clubs aren't in a position to pay, you know, what what particularly outside maybe the top two or three clubs. So you talk about Dean Dean Williams, and you talk about you know the likes of Aaron Dobbs and. Sean Boyd, all these younger players now, the profile of the league now, compared to probably when you were managing that patch, Johnny, is a lot less now. You know, it's it's probably 19, 20, 21, 22, lads are in college, lads are coming out of the underage national league. And I think that's going to be key going forward because I think that will bring the standard overall of the league up and the players are in a nearly a full-time mindset before they even go full-time. But the, the problem then, as I said, there's a flip side of that is you bring three or four fellas, three, boom, 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 they're going to Leeds, Aberdeen or... Chelsea or Man City mm. or whatever that happens and but that's part of the model selling, though, but yeah, that's also part of the financial model yeah. at Rovers yeah. as well to be fair I mean, yeah, that no, is look, part of the model you yeah, know we, we've had James Forlong go recently from, from ourselves to, to Brighton which uh, Trevor Clark's gone you know it's as you said you look again it's, it is uh, I suppose a victim of your own success in some senses but there is the financial element that assists the club and goes back into the academy or to the first team to help get closer to the European uh, success or to league title success so it, it is that cycle Johnny, and it you might know. evolve it might eventually evolve into where we're the Rosenberg we have a Rosenberg mm. here in Ireland so but, but, yeah, but Stephen you were always clear about going into football after you finished playing Did you, did, were, were you always sure that this was the route that yeah, you wanted yeah. to go yeah no definitely yeah no um, it was always coaching and management was I think it was in me as a player it was that I suppose say that type of player but it was always probably asking questions about the game and looking into it and always loved being in training and uh, loved the kind of 
the tactical element of the game and trying to understand that. And I suppose playing in Europe at the level actually really opened my eyes because as Johnny says, when you go to that level and the, it's more about here than your feet, it's more about in your head than your feet. But uh, definitely from a very young age, even before, probably from probably 10 in the street league sometimes I wouldn't play I'd, mm. sit, on the, I'd sit on the wall on the side of really? the pitch yeah. with the lads you know what I mean so that was probably straight away an insight you're showing, you're showing oh, yeah, signs showing of a long term a ball of cadet caller beside me that should be diagnosed he's a student of the game a student of the game so yeah, so so you know you're in it for the long haul then, put it like that. Well, know? look, I suppose yeah, I, I love the game. You love, I love coaching. We're in it for the long haul, It'll Johnny. Up like tell me, you. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think the nature. Six of holidays the, a year, though. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, now, yeah. now, Daniel, only now, <laughs> Johnny, only now. And then your TV show, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're in it for the long haul, Dan. Like, is, is the nature of football? Like, I'll certainly be, you know. Uh, Looking to to move forward and, and develop as a coach and improve and go to the highest level that I possibly can. But you have can. passion, Stephen. That's vital. You mm. have the passion for you. You, you. you hear you speak about this. Is what you want to do. Your passion is there. And once you have that passion or attitude towards you, you're halfway there. Lads, just before we before we let you go, we're just going to look at the fixtures this week. Um, on Friday, we've got Bowes UCD, bit of a revenge for the recent uh, scrap uh, at Belfield. Might be on the cards there from the Bowes perspective. We've got Derry City, Shamrock Rovers, some Pats, Ligo Rovers, uh, Waterford, Cork City, and Dundalk, Finn Harps, live on Air Sport. All those games again on Friday. First Division, we've got Bray Wanderers against Cove, Cabinteely, Galway, Drada, Wexford, Limerick, Athlone. And then on Saturday, we've got Longford Town and Shells. Does anything grab you from this weekend's fixtures? Bows need to start picking up a few points because Pats and, and, and Derry are sneaking up mm. looking for that European spot. So mm. if, for me, Bows need to get you know get back get back on track. Forget about all the hype about Bows and back to basics and get get a few wins under the belt. I suppose, Stephen, the Rovers' mindset now, what, 26 games played, what, 10 to go, up in Derry, just, just try and win every game and see what happens. Yeah. I guess that's really all they can all they can do. It's all they can look after. Yeah, you can just look after the performance and I think if the team performs, obviously, the way they have been of, of late, you can go, but you have to just win the games. Now, it's out, it's out of your hands, I suppose, in, in a lot of senses. You've just got to win the games and try to put Dundalk under as much pressure that if they slip that you're right on the coattails like, you know and yeah. it, you know, it's, I suppose from a Shamrock Rovers point of view that you're saying it's pity Dundalk got knocked out because you'd nearly want them yeah. to stay in Europe yeah. as well the congestion the strange yeah, psychology it does, and then it, yeah. you just pick up points you, you just go on that momentum and you pick up your points but uh, look Rovers have closed the gap there's no doubt about it they've closed the gap they've been there consistently over the last few years and they're closing that gap point, point wise because mm. over the last few years it was 18, 20, 22 yeah. now we're closing it right down so you know w will they catch Dundalk I don't think so but you know go and try and win every game that you can and it's definitely th that goal is definitely closing yeah and I suppose they're looking to next year already when I spoke to Graham Burke last Friday after the Finn Harps game and looking ahead to I mean he, he's he's on loan until next August so mm. he's there next season and when I spoke to Graham he spoke very well about his reasons for coming home and why he's happy to be back and I mean even just to be able to bring in a player of that quality now they have to figure out how to play him and, and how to accommodate him which is going to be it's a pretty good problem to have but I mean, that's a serious boost that must be for people around the club, um, Stephen, to have sort of Graham coming back in. Yeah, it's great. Like, I mean, you look at the attacking options now within within the squad. It's it's an exciting team, and for any you know, as a manager, you want the best players and the the best attacking players. And because of the way we the style of football that we try to play, uh, they all, as you said, it's getting them getting them in. And I'm sure Stephen has a plan for that and how he gets Graham in. But like, so he's an international. Obviously, he had a fantastic time here the, when he was here the, the previous. Uh, 
12 months ago before he moved uh, and the f he's a real fan's favourite and anytime you bring that type of player back who scores goals you know mm. fans love him don't but there's competition it's all around the pitch now Stephen mm, as well that, yeah. that makes your I don't mean it's your job easier as a manager but the levels of training are up you know there's not you know Fellas, you'll say I'll be in. I'll be expecting to play. Once there's competition around the team, it just lifts the training and it lifts it lifts everyone around the place. And we've got obviously Neil to come back. Neil Frew just to yeah. come back into that as well. Throw him into the mix. Obviously, Serious in terms talent. Of that yeah, he, he's had a few. I spoke to him briefly after the game on Friday. It's just the hamstring just seems to be a small bit more complicated. So it's just right. he's, he's lost a small bit of time, but hopefully mm. he'll be back soon. But um, right, I'm gonna let you go before we go. Tip for the cup. Now you see. <laughs> the Shamrock Rovers hat on do you not want to take the pressure away from Rovers all this this cup pressure yeah, on yeah I don't want to uh, talk about the cup after that Sligo penalties oh no yeah you're, um, you're a survivor of that a survivor yeah, yeah absolutely um, yeah look it's it's, it's you one, fancy it's, Rovers don't you I'm not going to say anything no because I don't want to jinx it no look we'll uh, yeah I'm not even going to comment on it because I don't want to jinx it I, think I understand it's a, that's a, there's, a, there's an experience in that answer Johnny Mack you don't have any uh Stake in the game here that prevents you from an answer. No, I have a. I, I'm looking. I think Pats will get through UCD. I think Bowes will get through. I think you're looking at semi finals maybe down the road. If Dundalk have a tricky one up in there. I think that's a really, really tricky, tricky one. game up there. If they get through that, I'm looking like them four teams. I say Dundalk, Bowes, Pats, and Rovers, the four semi finalists. And out of that, then you'd be looking at. Dundalk and Rovers in the, in the semi final. Let's just give us one. Just give us, a, give us, give us a selection. I hope someone wins. I'd like Rovers to win. The I game. hope someone wins it as well, John. No, I know. I, I, I really. I, I, I like someone. I was disappointed for Bowes last year. Mm. You know, not getting to the final. I thought they would have brought a lot to the final. Look, Pats might have a bit of a run, Bowes, but I think Rovers are Dundalk. One of them will, will definitely do it. I think certainly breaking the. The Dundalk core, core. thing will be will be huge mm. for for any clubs that that make that cup final. And I think everybody's probably mm. ready to see a different mm. a different final. Now, yeah, well, if it's, the, if it's Dundalk Rovers, at least Bowes know that fourth place is enough for Europe. Then you see that's the that's All the other thing. Equations you know? come into play. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think the cup this year though has got a chance of being. I think I think it's going to grow in profile because mm. okay, Rovers aren't giving up in the league, but for the teams like Derry, Bowes, Pats, it's another route to Europe, and it's also. I think there's a viable opportunity there that maybe the teams at the top, like they're not unbeatable as such, you know. So I think the cup might just build. Well, if Derry, as I said, Derry, if they get through that game against Dundalk, yeah, but it's, it'd be difficult. But they'd be my four teams semi finalists. I'd like to see, you know, the likes of Bowers or, 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 or Pats or Rovers, maybe. But I was disappointed about Bowers, as I said. Uh, Rovers. Yeah, I think Rovers could do it this year. Okay, there we go. All right, listen, lads, it's great having you in. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Johnny Mack, I know you've got to run off and we'll have Johnny, I assume, back from his Discover Ireland trip next week. So <laughs> thanks for, for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. But there are